It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It is an absolute pleasure to have you all out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker and advisor, and I focus on solving your e-commerce marketing problems. Now, if you have an e-commerce problem you'd like my help solving, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com and click on Work with Chloe, and there you'll find a link to a form to fill in. And I aim to get back to all responses to that form within a one working day. Um, apologies for my voice today. Uh, as you can tell, I'm suffering with the summer lurgy. So please bear with me on that and hopefully I won't have a coughing fit or something during this. And one last thing to do before we really get started is a quick shout out to Susanna Kemp of Chaos Control. I hope today's run is going well and I hope this shout out has not made you trip up. Uh, Okay, so let me introduce you to today's special guest. Steve Honite of Alchemy NRG is back with us again, but this time he's talking about something very different. Last time Steve joined us to talk about the e-commerce business he was running, New Running Gear, episode 98, if you want to have a listen to that one. Now, Steve recently sold that business and is now using what he learned making New Running Gear a success to help brands use the Amazon marketplace as an extra channel alongside their own e-commerce site. Hello, Steve. Hey, how's it going? It's going well, apart from this voice, it's going fine. Um, (laughs) I've just given our listeners a quick overview of you and what you're up to now. Now, before we get deep into Amazon, can you let everyone know, everyone listening, have a kind of a quick recap on what exactly you achieved at New Running Gear? Yeah, absolutely. So um, New Running Gear was a multi-brand e-commerce store we set up on the Shopify platform back in um, 2015. At the time, we had distribution rights for a number of different sports brands that we were importing into the UK and wholesaling as well as retailing direct to consumers. Uh, We set up the multi-brand platform because we saw it as a good um, channel for us to add more brands that we weren't distributing into the mix and generate some uh, additional income for the business. It ended up becoming the main thing. Um, so it was kind of more successful than the wholesaling business that we were doing. And, um, one of the things or one of the mechanisms that made that, um, e-commerce business really successful was actually the way that we integrated an Amazon seller account into our direct to consumer offering. So essentially we ran an e-commerce store, which was, on, as I said, on Shopify, so newrunninggear.com. And then at the same time, we had a Amazon seller account, New Running Gear, um, on Amazon, where we were selling essentially the same products. Um, so we had those two channels open for consumers to, to purchase the products from us. We did some clever things in terms of linking the two um, platforms together, and we really saw a lot of growth on the, on the Amazon channel. And it kind of opened my eyes to... First of all, I guess the opportunity um, and then realizing that there was lots of innovative ways that you can advertise your products on Amazon to, to people already on the Amazon channel. And just because of, I guess, the power of the platform and the volume of traffic going through there, it was something that could be really easily um, scalable. We decided to sell the new running gear business um, for a number of different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because we found someone who's interested in buying it. But, um, <laughs> That's always a good we, reason to sell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think at the time, um, I was I saw there was this 
emergent opportunity within Amazon. I've got a couple of friends who actually work for Amazon in, in London and they were explaining to me maybe some changes are happening there between, I mean, I don't know if you know the, um, uh, some people will probably be aware of the difference. You've got Amazon Marketplace, which is basically third-party sellers, sometimes it's called 3P. So that's an Amazon seller account where you're selling your products on the Amazon mm-hmm. platform and then you've got Amazon Vendor, which is where you actually sell your products to Amazon and it's Amazon then selling those products to the end consumer. And so some structural changes may be taking place at the moment and it just means that there's going to be more business through the seller channel. Interestingly, on the seller channel, obviously Amazon make fees every time something gets sold, but they don't carry any stock risk because the stock risk is the yeah. brand or the retailers. Um, and so I think Amazon like that. Amazon like the fact that they can de-risk on on stock by having lots of volume, uh, or lots of the long tail, should we call it, of the of the, the SKUs available on their site through the through the seller platform. So yeah, saw so an emergent opportunity there, and having worked in e-commerce but in the sporting goods space for the last ten years, knew quite a few brands who are on the Amazon platform. Some of them doing really well, some of them less so. So it seemed like a good opportunity to to get stuck into that and. Um, to, to essentially set up like a marketing agency to help mm-hmm. brands with their with their Amazon listing and spe- not specifically the seller model, but that is definitely an area that I think is really interesting and certainly interesting for um, uh, for the listeners um, of this podcast when thinking about it as a essentially an extension of your existing direct to consumer e commerce channel. Cool, and just to be. 100% clear on the, the change that's coming at Amazon. You're saying that they're gonna, they're less interested in buying wholesale and more interested in getting people onto the seller platform. And that's yeah, a, bit, a bit of a strategy change for them. Uh, well, yeah. The focus maybe, change. Yeah, maybe reading between the lines a little bit. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say I've been told that like yeah. uh, explicitly, should we say. I think... Um, <laughs> we don't, we don't want to get anyone into trouble here. <laughs> exactly. But I think what you, what you will what you, what you see is that, that maybe... Um, well, certainly... There's a few things that are factual. So at one point they had a Vendor Express, which almost let any brand um, sign up to sell to Amazon and they would buy one of every single product in your range to start the listing. They've shut that program down now or in the process of shutting it down and effectively moving everyone over to the seller platform. So that's, I guess, the long tail of smaller brands already moving on to the um, seller platform if they weren't already on it. And then I think, yeah, my understanding is from talking to some of the bigger brands, Maybe Amazon now are less interested. In fact, I actually got an email about it from um, an Amazon vendor um, manager telling me actually about one of the brands that we used to distribute. For some reason, I'm still on the email um, list for that. And they said, oh, hey, are you interested in moving everything over to seller because um, you know we think it might be a better platform for you. So essentially, brands aren't selling loads of product on Amazon through the vendor model. They're going to try and push the seller. Or if you're a big brand and obviously... There's a few SKUs in your catalogue which drive all the sales. Amazon are going to still be interested in buying those from you, but it might ask you to put the long tail of additional SKUs that sell less volume yeah. onto the seller platform and are basically for you to take the stock risk on that. So there's, yeah, that made me think there's going to be a really big opportunity over the next few years um, of uh, brands maybe who need some help and support to manage the, the seller platform because it's a bit more involved than... Um, on the vendor side a, a lot more involved than on the vendor <laughs> yeah, side yeah, yeah um, exactly so, so I guess the key takeaway there for anyone who's trying to to mull over because I know we have quite a lot of b2b e-commerce businesses or those who both do both wholesale and sell via their own yeah. website and um, I guess the key takeaway for them is 
if you're sitting there mulling over, should we become a vendor or should we list ourselves? List yourselves because yep. it looks like you're going to end up there anyway. Yeah. Without and- wanting to paraphrase some of the politicians, but you take back control. And the thing is, if, if Amazon have decided to do that, then it's probably because it makes more money for Amazon. If it's making more yeah. money, money for Amazon, it's yeah. probably a better way to shift your products too. I, yeah, I think so. I think so. And I mean, one thing that um, is... Uh, one, if I'm having a discussion with a brand and they're already on the Amazon vendor platform and thinking about maybe going on to seller or maybe doing some sort of hybrid of the two, essentially what you are, the trade-off really is with vendor, you're going to get some sort of forward forecast and you've got some kind of guarantee of cash flow because they're saying they want X amount of product shipped in at X date in the future mm-hmm. and you know you'll get paid, well, maybe 60, 120 days after it's been delivered. Um, so you get the guarantee of that, but then Amazon are the ones that are going to decide what price it's being sold at. Mm-hmm. And then if you're in control of the listing, then um, essentially you're not going to get any of that forward forecasting and uh, you're not going to know what your cash flow profile is going to look like going forward, but you are going to be in control of the price that you sell out at. Big caveat on that is obviously if you're running vendor and seller and you have other third-party retailers selling on Amazon, selling the same products as you on Amazon as well, then there will be some price competition there Um for yeah, in terms of mm. guess, volume, it'll be the person that is obviously at the cheaper price. But if you've got a unique product, you're the only person selling it. You're selling it on Amazon, and you sell it. That's a really great way to do it, and to have some yeah control over the price that you can you set to sell it out at, and therefore the margin that you're going to make on the product too. Cool. I I'm tempted to disappear down the rabbit hole of vendor yeah. versus seller, but given We've got things to talk about which apply to yep. pretty much the whole audience. I'm going to shift yeah, yeah. us back over over in that for sure. direction. For sure. um, so, as the listeners know, we've had a few people on here before talking about Amazon selling strategies, but the majority of those have been focused on picking a product that's got lots of traction, importing it in bulk from China, and doing a one product launch strategy. Now, you're very different in terms of your focus because um, you're about helping people who have a product sell it on um, on Amazon. So, you know, large SKU lists, products that already exist um, with e-commerce sites. So um, as a business with that existing success selling product on other channels, why would I want to sell on Amazon? Well, so um, amazingly... I mean, we all know there's a lot of traffic that um, goes to the Amazon site now, and this number's been creeping up over the years. But 55, according to Forbes, actually 55% of online shoppers now are visiting Amazon first when mm-hmm. conducting product searches. So I kind of like to think of, you know, you've got um, people might be looking for your product on Amazon. Um, so over you know, 55% of them, I guess the other 40 Four percent are maybe finding it on Google and one percent on Bing, um, but you're kind of running those two things alongside each other. So if you're visible on Google with your own e-commerce store, that's fantastic. You get a lot, of, um, you get half of the potential customers there. But if you're not on Amazon, then essentially you're missing out maybe on half those product searches. When it's a generic product search and the consumer hasn't maybe decided exactly which brand it is that they're going to go after. Um, so first of all, it's about traffic. So making sure you're available to consumers who are looking in those two different places on either Google or Amazon. But I think the really powerful thing on Amazon now is Amazon Prime. So this is the game changer, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so most people probably know about Amazon Prime. You pay the monthly fee or annual fee 
you get free shipping on all your orders uh, with a few caveats. You also get a um, bunch of added benefits, so videos that you can stream um, and music, etc. So lots of fringe benefits of it as well. But the the beauty of Prime for e-commerce businesses is essentially you are locking in a certain type of consumer on that platform and those consumers are really interesting so at the moment in the uk there's about 30 percent household penetration with amazon prime so i mean someone in a house has got a subscription mm-hmm. us is almost i think it's either at 50 or just over 50 um and europe seems to be trending maybe a couple of years behind what's happening in the us so i would imagine um that we will get to you know, around half of UK homes with an Amazon Prime subscription, especially because a couple of weeks ago um, or earlier this year, they announced that there's going to be 20 Premiership football games on Amazon Prime next yeah, year. Yeah, that's a game changer, so, isn't it? I would have yeah, thought. absolutely. It's just, going to, it's just another benefit. It's not a fringe benefit. It's a real big benefit. People have already got Prime. Obviously, really happy about that. I think people who are maybe thinking about taking a Prime subscription, if they're really into their football, obviously now they're going to take that subscription. And that's, so the interesting thing about Prime is we know that Amazon Prime consumers over-index on household wealth and tend to be in an age range of, let's say, people who are squeezed for time. So obviously, mm-hmm. they love the fact that you get same-day or next-day delivery. They're really comfortable with the Amazon platform, so they know if they have any problems, they can send it back. And what's interesting about that is, and this is maybe more relevant for, let's say, a challenger brand or a new brand, um, but over half of um, e-commerce uh, consumers are happy to buy a brand they're unfamiliar with on the Amazon platform. So because they're comfortable with Amazon as the platform they're buying from, then the actual brand that they're buying, they're happy to buy something that they're less familiar with. A um, couple of other really interesting points to note on Amazon <laughs> as well. So definitely um, the price um, uh, like the price issue for prime con- um, consumers is not something that concerned about. So the number of prime customers who go and price check those products elsewhere is really low. It's reported to be as low as 1%. So if you've got prime subscription, the product you want is there right in front of you. You can get it shipped to you same day. Then there's no real reason to go and look on another e-commerce website where you might have to put in all your card details again. You're not sure what the returns policy is going to be like. You're just going to buy it straight away on prime. So that's super interesting. Over 90% of Amazon consumers either don't notice the adverts or find them relevant or useful, which I think just shows you that what Amazon's doing, especially with their advertising platform, is really interesting. On Google, it's quite obvious where the adverts sit. On Amazon, less so, and we can talk about that um, in a minute. But that makes it a really powerful platform for e-commerce retailers to use to get their brands front and center when consumers are searching for the right terms and then the final fact that i find really interesting is now 14 percent of um amazon consumers have recently made a purchase via a voice device wow. so that's obviously using amazon's it's amazon echo i think um oh you want to call it alexa but um they have made a search or requested to purchase a product through amazon using voice search and the crazy thing about voice search is that the only result it gives you is the one that comes top of the search engine results so if you're not the first result on the search engine results for whatever keyword it might be then you're not going to get anyone who's looking to um, purchase a product through voice search and i can only imagine that at the moment it's 14 percent, but probably next year it's going to start trending towards 20 and then 25 30 so um, really important to be yeah absolutely 
top of the search results for the keywords that are most relevant for your products. Okay, so clearly there's a lot of good reasons to be on Amazon. Um, so it should definitely be, as I, I often say that you have to have a marketplace strategy now as an e-commerce business, even if it's yeah. not to be on marketplaces. Every six months, year, you should be reviewing why you've made that decision of not to be on it. 100%. And increasingly, you're going to go, oh, God, it's time we started playing. Um, yeah. Now, for those who are determined to stop to not to play, and for those who are really excited about playing on the, on the Amazon marketplace, let's let's just flip the coin. And what are the downsides? What are the things to worry about? Because there's a, there's a few of those that kind of rumble around. Um, but I think it'd be good to have an up-to-date perspective on that. So are you able to sure. that, Steve? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the big one, the real big... Um, red flag or watch out maybe for Amazon is that Amazon owns the customer. So they've got the customer details, they know the customer demographic or the, you know, they've got the email address, the telephone number, you're not allowed to get access to that information. So once that consumer is on Amazon and made the purchase, if you haven't brought them to Amazon or if you don't know them beforehand, then essentially you don't have that customer contact. And we do know that obviously in today's e-commerce world, it's all about building lists knowing more information, more data points about your customer so you can make the right um, offers and uh, sell more products to them, essentially. Mm -hmm. So that is definitely a real big watch out. There are ways to mitigate that. Um, and if you have really solid Amazon listings, then it is a very good idea to drive traffic to those Amazon listings from off Amazon, so from your social channels or maybe even your own email um, list mm -hmm. and obviously if you're doing it through an email list you know those customers anyway if you're doing it through social there are mechanisms that you can use to try and capture that customer data before you send them on to Amazon so it could be something like an Amazon voucher or a coupon that you can generate um, could be offered on a social platform in return for usual data like an email address and once they're given that to you given the voucher and then you send them to Amazon to make the purchase I think the um, the the really interesting thing about the Amazon platform as we touched on a little bit earlier is just that confidence people have when buying something off the Amazon platform. So if you're putting your product, maybe it's a relatively new brand or if you're pushing some social ads to a new demographic or a new category, people who might not be as aware of your brand, you can advertise it to them there. Then they can be confident of then making that purchase of your product on Amazon because they know the Amazon platform. So I think if you're worried about losing the customer, through the Amazon um, network or that, you know, Amazon is going to become all of your business, then you need to make sure that you're controlling where that traffic's coming from or when it's coming from off Amazon and you're trying to capture some data um, before it gets to the Amazon platform. Like, I am 100% um, in agreement that you shouldn't do all of your business on Amazon. So the concept of, like, setting a brand up and just selling it on Amazon um, and having it as an Amazon-only brand, there are tons of people out there who've done that already, and some of them do that really successfully, but it does leave you at risk of mm -hmm. changes to the Amazon platform. So in my view, you want to have your really own, you know, have your own e-commerce store, which is really strong and solid, but at the same time, you know, run on the side an additional Amazon store, which is effectively an extension of that direct-to-consumer. And um, I, I would so. say as well, on the whole um, not owning the customer bit, how many, you know, if you look, if if you take your e-commerce data, your sales data from your own site, and you look and you look at how many people have actually bought more than once, it's going to be a small percentage. It's not going to be the majority of your customers, unless you're very, very lucky. Most customers will buy once and never come back again. So, mm -hmm. you know, what, 
you know, and I, I, I feel like I can't, you know, you may be thinking, but you're an e-commerce marketer, Chloe. Why are you using this? You know, the, this is this out there screaming that at their, at their iPods. But it's, it is a factor that a lot of people will only buy from you once. So why, if they are so embedded in the Amazon platform, why do you want to deny yourself that sale? I think would be yeah, exactly, exactly, hundred percent. And you know, especially if you're if you are trying to target this demographic, which is maybe thirty to fifty, and with higher um, household wealth, then if they're already on that Amazon Prime platform. Then trying to extract them from that and get them into your own e-commerce store to put in all their card details, you know, it's just that extra. We always talk about with e-commerce sales is like making the sale just as easy as possible for the consumer so really by adding in an amazon store and using amazon prime then effectively you know you're doing the same it's the same overarching strategy it's just trying to make those touch points where the consumer can buy the um, product as seamless and as as easy as possible cool so the we spoke earlier about the fact there's the vendor platform or there's the seller side. Mm. Obviously, we, I'm guessing we're going to be recommending that people go on the seller side, as we said earlier. So is it a case of one size fits all on the marketplace seller program? Or do we have a couple of options we need to consider before we yeah, get fully are, in there? Absolutely. Yeah, a few different options to consider. So um, obviously, I've talked about how important Prime is. And in order to offer um, your products as primable um you've got two options so you either need to use the amazon fba model which essentially means you send your stock into the amazon um warehouse into their fulfillment network and they're the ones that actually ship it and deliver it to the customer that works really well because again with these consumers who are used to using the amazon platform when they receive a product through prime and it's in the amazon box everything just feels really familiar to them and you're really likely to get good positive reviews for your products there is another way to do it, which is called Merchant Fulfilled Prime. You have to meet a certain um, delivery standard, so a certain time. Uh, obviously, you've got to deliver it mm-hmm. very quickly um, using a few different uh, or verified um, couriers. So that is another option to do the Prime um, or make your products available through Prime as well. Generally speaking, people who've got large, bulky products do the Merchant Fulfilled option um, because sometimes the Amazon's FBA setup isn't that good for large bulky products but if you've got a small consumable product um or you know a small a small um easy to ship product then definitely putting it into the amazon fulfillment network is the way forward um the rates on offer there in terms of shipping um and storage are, are really uh, they're really very good. So it's not like Amazon overcharge for that service. I've actually heard of a couple of merchants who have found FBA gets them a better cost than the warehouse they were outsourcing to. So they've actually now got 100%. FBA fulfilling the orders that come in on their own website. Yeah, exactly. So that's exactly that. that that's how cost effective Amazon FBA is, yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah. So that's, the, I mean, if you if, if someone's asking me what would be the, the best setup they could have with their e-commerce store and the Amazon store. So um, it would be all of your inventory at Amazon on FBA. There's a couple of apps you can use on Shopify that can link. Well, actually, if you're in the US, you can actually link your Amazon store to Shopify directly. But in if Europe, only the they would bring that to the UK. Yeah, I think it probably will happen. So at the moment, there's an app. I think it's called Bite Stand. Uh, I maybe mean, I'll dig dig it out and we put it in show notes. But there's an that app um, which you can Thank use you. to link the two. So if someone buys off your Shopify store, you know, it directly connects to the Amazon store, provides the information, and they ship it to the end consumer. And that is just a beautiful solution. Um, so that would be definitely my recommendation. And then one thing we found successful 
successful on our stores. So you've got a consumer, they're on your e-commerce site, they see a product you like, but maybe there's still a little, maybe there is a bit of uncertainty about buying from your store because, you know, they don't know the store, they've not been there before. So we put an Amazon button next to the product as well. So if people click the Amazon button, it takes them to our Amazon store and the Amazon product page so they can buy the product off Amazon. And we saw lots of traffic going through to Amazon from that um, those buttons that we placed. And what made it even more interesting is that we used our affiliate code in the button. So we were actually taking some credit for sending traffic to Amazon to purchase our products on the Amazon platform. Um, all about so, those margin points, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that, I mean, for me, that is like a super sweet solution. And if not every brand's, you know, the uh, existing brands might already have setups which are difficult to unwind or replace but if you're coming at it from fresh um, you've got a relatively new brand or product that you want to sell you're definitely keen to do the amazon platform then i would say set up the e-commerce site set up the amazon fba seller model put all your inventory in there link the two together and then give consumers the option to buy either off the amazon platform or off your own e-commerce store you might then think about who which channel you're going to make more margin from but i think at the end of the day, you want to kind of almost be agnostic to that. So you may be spending, if you're making a little extra margin on your own e-commerce store, you're spending a little bit higher on your social ads maybe that's sending traffic there. And then obviously on the Amazon platform, you've got tons of traffic that's coming through there anyway. So um, you should generate good sales on that part too. Okay, so we've got to the point where we have our own products, we've found a way of integrating with Amazon, we've listed everything there, we've decided whether we're dispatching ourselves, whether we're putting it into the FBA, and that's all set up. Now, that might bring us a few sales, but we have to kind of treat Amazon as its own marketing platform as well, don't we? So how do we go about making those those listings that we have at this point put in quite a bit of effort to getting there? How do we make them pay back for us? How do we maximise our sales on the Amazon platform? So it's a great question. I think a way that I love to describe the Amazon platform to someone that hasn't been used to optimizing listings or running adverts is it's essentially just like Google. And the ways that you improve the ranking of your products is just the same as you would do SEO. It's not just the same, but similar to how you would do SEO on Google and PPC and Google Shopping translates to things like headline search and sponsored products on Amazon. So the first thing you want to do is make sure that your product listings rank highly for certain keywords. So that means keywords are really relevant to your product. They're in the title, they're in the bullet point descriptions, and they're in the long description. And then they're also in the back-end keywords as well. So they're almost like keywords like you'd have in um, uh, on, on, on web pages that um, would get indexed to bring the product pages on Amazon higher up the search results. When I say put the keywords in there, it's not about repeating the good keywords in every part of the product description. You only need to have them in there once. So it's about discovering what the right keywords are for your products and then using them cleverly in the description, the bullet points, um, and the title to make sure that those listings are fully optimized. So that'll make sure, if you do that correctly, that'll make sure when that when people are searching for products like yours, you rank very highly on the search engine page results. Um, but really what drives a lot of traffic now and is where I think there's this real big opportunity on Amazon is using sponsored products. So sponsored products is essentially like keyword um, bidding, a bit like you do on Google with PPC. So you're saying, this is the product I want to advertise. These are the keywords that people search for. This is when I want my advert to be shown and then on amazon it's beautiful because it's a direct click through to purchase so 
in the results from the advertising campaign that you're running. You see how many impressions you've got, how many clicks you've had, what the cost per click is, and then you can see directly what the A cost is as well for how many sales that you've delivered. And if you do that right, so you can there's set a number of different strategies with your Amazon advertising. But if you do that well, then you should be able to achieve somewhere between 10 and 20% A cost. So that's you know, spending 10 quid to get 100 quid in sales or spending 20 quid to get 100 quid in sales. And if you've got a really good product and it's really well merchandised, then there's no reason why you can actually fine-tune that and find some uh, keyword campaigns that can deliver on single digits as well. So if you can do that, it's kind of the holy grail, then just put your foot down on the advertising and ramping up the sales. I think at the moment, as it's still, let's say, there's a lot of people doing sponsored products, but it's more emergent than obviously on Google, which has been going for a long time. Um, there's probably not quite enough traffic just to throw massive amounts of budget at it unless you're doing some really generic keywords. Um, so it's not a case of, you know, find the right solution and then just chuck, chuck tens of thousands of pounds in it and it'll work. But certainly you'll be able to grow the sales at a, a real steady rate month on month by running um, a solid sponsored product campaign. Beyond that, there's more interesting things you can do. So um, headline search, which is a bit like Google shopping results. So when you type in uh, a search term on Amazon, then that headline bar is all um, taken up by headline search advertisement. And then normally what happens is you have a sponsored product ad beneath that, maybe another one, and then you get the organic search results. So if you're not doing sponsored product ads and your competitors are, when someone goes to search your product, potentially the first three listings they're going to see are going to be adverts for your competitor's brand. So you do need to be really careful, and I do advise brands to run both offensive and defensive campaigns in the sense that making sure other brands aren't bidding on your brand term so that when someone does search for your product, you've got that whole um uh, everything above the fold on the on the search engine um, results page is all your brand. It's quite easy for other brands to sneak in there. And I think one of the um, data points we talked about earlier, the fact that so many Amazon consumers actually don't notice or quite like the ads, means that um, it, you know consumers maybe aren't aware that those are sponsored product ads that are popping up there. So they can quite easily be um, drawn into one of your competitors' products just because they're running adverts and you're not. Awesome. Well, look, um, everyone who's listening, um, I think you've probably got some some um, some extra insight there on both how to get yourself listed on Amazon if you haven't already done it, why you should, that the downsides aren't as big as you thought they were, and also um, how to go about making it successful. So definitely one to go and look at if you've already got those listings and you wish there was some more money coming in. Um, now, Steve, I think it's time we go into the top tips round uh, to get cool. get all of us some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So nice, quick fire answers, Steve, if you can. Uh, the book top tip first. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Um, I, so I'm going to actually recommend two by the same author, okay. um, a guy called Yuval Harari. So Sapiens which is all about how we came to exist and like who we are today as humans. Um, and then his second book or another book that he's written called Homeo Juice as well, which is basically how humans are going to evolve in the future. And the reason I like those two books, I'm going to reference a Disney film 
called Moana. I don't know if anyone's watched it, but there's a guy in there called Maui and he's trying to teach Moana how to be a wayfinder and figure out where to go. And he says, if you want to know where to go, you need to understand where you are today. If you need to understand where you are today, you need to know where you've come from. And those two books for me do exactly that. So explain basically how we got to how we who we are today and then looking forward to where the human race is going to go in the future and i found they're just the yeah most inspiring books i've actually listened to rather than read sorry on audio um in the last couple of years so i definitely recommend those two very cool okay the traffic top tip which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves I kind of spilled the beans on this one already. It was um, using an Amazon button on your own e-commerce store um, and sticking in your own affiliates code to capture some extra credits on the way through. I think it can be really powerful. Amazon love um, traffic that comes from off the Amazon platform onto the Amazon platform. So it really helps with your ranking results as well. So I think that's yeah definitely something to consider if you've got uh, an Amazon, sorry, an e-commerce store and you're selling products on Amazon too. Very cool. Uh, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that helps you and your team get more efficient day to day? I can't remember if I mentioned this last time or not, but still definitely Boomerang. Um, so it's an email app that allows me to, or allows people to uh, either recall an email back to your inbox if it's not been replied to in a certain number of days, or if you've got an email but you don't want to answer it and you don't want it in your inbox, but you do want it to reappear for you next week, maybe when you've got more time to answer it, you can boomerang it away and then it, and it comes back in. And they just released an app for the iPhone. So having used it on my desktop for a couple of years, I'm now really pleased to have that on my phone. Cool. And then the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? I've got a feeling I might know what this answer is going to be. So I would say number one tip, own, make sure you own the IP of the product, get it registered on Well, This is not one tip. It's maybe <laughs> a few things all bundled together, but own the IP, get it registered on Amazon. As soon as you've registered on Amazon, you can start setting up A plus brand pages through Amazon seller, headline search, and sponsored products. If you do all of those things, then you're really going to accelerate um, your sales with your direct-to-consumer e-commerce business. Excellent. Well, at Master Plan World, you can find all of those awesome top tips and everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find a link to this show. Now, Steve, Obviously, you are now busy doing everything we've talked about today for brands, just like our listeners. Where can they find out more about those services that you're offering? Cool. Yep. So we've got a website, which is just alchemynrg.com. So that's the one word. And on there, you can see uh, the service offering that we've got. There's a presentation as well that goes through some of the points we talked today that you can download for free. Um, I or one of the services we offer is uh, refine and optimize is basically like an audit of your amazon listings as they stand at the moment and some recommendations about how you can improve them both in terms of um, product listing optimization and then running sponsored uh, product campaigns so we normally offer that at 79 pounds plus fat as a one-off um, report but for any listeners today um, or in fact the first three listeners today that are interested in getting a copy of that report for their business we're doing that for free so they can contact us through the website and we'll do a free report for anyone that's interested or the first three people that come through and contact us anyway so yeah check out the website alchemynrg.com awesome thank you very much for that steve that is super generous and just so as you all know that's not energy it's nrg so yeah. alchemy nrg all one word dot com 
um, to find out more and to uh, to see if you can be one of the first three lucky people who manages to get that free review. Um, I'll add details about that in the show notes too. Again, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Steve, thank you so much for coming back on the show and educating us about a whole new area today. It's been, it's been absolutely awesome catching up with you. So thank you. It's a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on. Oh, awesome, awesome ideas there from Steve. I think he made that whole why sell on Amazon, which I know is something which a lot of you struggle with convincing the boss sometimes or convincing yourself sometimes. I thought that was really good. Really nice outline of the downside. Yes, you don't own the customer, but is that really such a big deal? And he gave you some really nice strategies for dealing with that. Um, I particularly liked the get the email sign up in return for an Amazon discount voucher. Very cool. Um, And then, you know, the how to go about being a seller, avoid becoming a vendor. Seems like pretty good um, good advice. That's the bit where you wholesale to Amazon rather than running your own listings. And then lots of tips on how to maximize the sales. I think that, that SEO seemed really simple and straightforward. I know there's a lot of listings to cover, but, but fairly straightforward um, to actually action. And then obviously the different ways of using the ad platforms. Um, Hopefully we will be having a session on Amazon ads in the e-commerce master plan virtual summit 2018, which will be coming up in September. So keep your eyes, eyes and ears peeled for that one. For now though, do join in the discussion. Ask questions if you've got any on this in the Facebook group. You will find that at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. If you haven't yet joined, please make sure you answer the questions or I'm not going to let you in. It doesn't take very long to answer them, but it means I can make sure only high quality people are joining the group and that no one's coming in to spam us all, which I'm sure you'll all appreciate. So have a great week, all of you, and keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.